Welcome to the Modern Tire Dealer Show. This episode is brought to you by BKT Tires, a leading global player in off-highway tires for the agricultural, industrial, construction, and OTR industries. Welcome to the Modern Tire Dealer Show. I'm your host, Maddie Gehring, and today I'm joined by Jamie Hasty, Vice President of Sesco Management Consultants, to talk about an interesting topic, drugs, more specifically, marijuana in the workplace. Jamie covers a lot of ground during our interview, so let's jump right into it. All right. Hi, Jamie. Welcome to the Modern Tire Dealer Podcast. Thanks for being on it with us. Thanks, Madison, for having me. We really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, of course. So Jamie and I are going to be talking about um, marijuana in the workplace, which MTD and Sesco did an article on in October of 2022. But to start, um, really, how did this conversation about marijuana in the workplace really become relevant? And why do you think, Jamie, it's such a hot topic uh, right now for dealers? Yeah, you know, I think um, marijuana in the workplace isn't necessarily a new topic, but certainly because of all of these state regulations that are coming up and that have been coming up probably, I would say, from a general perspective, really in the last um, couple of years for the bulk of the states. Now, certain states mm-hmm. have had it um, in their regulation for, for a long time. And we'll talk more about that um, as our conversation sure. evolves. But, um, you know, I think it's something that is becoming more prevalent. Um, it is certainly something, whether it be recreational or medicinal use, that um, a lot of people are engaging in for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. And um, what is happening is that it's creating this confusion with owners, um, you know, business owners in the shops as to well, what do I really do? Right. Um, you know, how do I make sure that it's a safe working environment, both for my employee as well as for me as a business owner, you know, uh, the, the owners don't want the liability of an accident occurring or somebody um, getting injured or, you know, an unsafe working environment, because there is a lot of liability, both from workers' compensation, mm-hmm. the Department of Labor, OSHA, um, right. civil liability, if you know, there is a vehicular accident. So, it's a lot. And we're right. getting a ton of questions from clients all across the country within the automotive industry, as well as other industries, because it's impacting all businesses. Right, right. So do you think that this is a conversation that um, owners and dealers need to have with their employees? Or I think first and foremost, it's important to understand what are our responsibilities as business owners, but, you mm-hmm. know, collaborating with employment law experts to to first and foremost understand what is the particular law within my locality right um right. you know every state's a smidge different mm-hmm. some are more generous than others um <laughs> and some have upcoming legislation that is um you know has been passed but is not effective until 2024 2025 um right. and there may be certain provisions now in place for only medicinal use versus right. recreational. So I, th- I think, you know, for the first things first is 
make sure you're asking the right questions and understanding the regulation first and foremost and what that means for me as a business owner. Because then that trickles into, okay, what does our policy need to be? How do I educate um, my managers? Uh, you know, some, some shops are larger than others. Right. may have multiple locations versus maybe one location shop. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have, there's an educational piece there as well for the people who are making hiring decisions or managing the staff, because right. they also have to understand what their roles and responsibilities are as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, looking at updating our policy and procedure, educating staff on that, and then having conversations with all of our current employees. Look, here's what our policy is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and again, you know, not trying to get too state specific because we certainly can. And I encourage right. those who are joining us, um, to make sure they are checking their state regulation because we don't want to not comply with the regulation or inadvertently engage in something that is a direct conflict of the regulation, right? Um, because that can open you up to Department of Labor EEOC liability for charges of discrimination, wrongful termination, failure mm-hmm. to hire, so on and so forth. So, okay. you know, a lot of business owners think it's just about my current workforce, but no, I mean, you've got to look at pre-employment drug screens or mm-hmm. post-accident drug screens and, and how those processes, which we strongly encourage all all businesses to do, you know, how are those processes needing to be tweaked or enforced or or, uh, revisited because of this topic of marijuana? Right, right. You touched on um, medicinal marijuana use between uh, versus recreational marijuana usage. Can you kind of just break that down on the differences between the two? Yeah, absolutely. So um, when we talk about medicinal marijuana, typically that is um, an individual who has a prescription for marijuana legally, whether that be, well, it has to be on a state level, because we have to remember federal law still considers marijuana as a controlled substance and illegal on a federal level. Okay. Okay. So from a state perspective, A lot of state regulations will delineate between medical marijuana or recreational marijuana. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of the states that have enacted permissible use of marijuana generally start out with medicinal use. Obviously, there are a lot of states such as California, um, Oregon, um, Virginia to a limited degree, uh, New York, uh, Vermont, where you're seeing more recreational provisions be put into place. But mm-hmm. medicinal marijuana, there generally is a prescription for use. Okay. Um, and um, some states also require that you have a state registered medical card. Okay. So I run the Southeast Division here in Virginia. And Virginia law requires that, yes, once you get a prescription for it, you also have to register with the state to have a state card that you carry around mm-hmm. uh, or can present to your employer or to the patient first um, who is running your uh, pre-employment drug screen. So right. um, medicinal use generally is tied um, back to a, a medical need, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you see a lot of people that use it for cancer treatment. 
-hmm. for anxiety, for sleep disorders, for a number of things. And what's important for our listeners to remember is that most of those medical conditions are going to be protected disabilities Mm -hmm. underneath the Americans with Disabilities Act. That's a federal employment protection law. So when we talk about medical use, um, there, there are important provisions that we as employers cannot discriminate against individuals right. who have physical or mental disabilities. Right. And if, you know, I, I've got a medical prescription for marijuana use, it's likely tied back to a disability, meaning I'm going to be protected underneath law. Mm-hmm. Now, as a business, does that mean it's going to lock me into having to hire this person or having to keep them employed? No, not necessarily. But it's a whole nother step in the process of us to review um, for us to determine how how this um, prescription card or use in this disability may or may not impact the essential functions of the position. Um, So you've got the medical side of things. Then we have the recreational side of things, which is basically anybody hanging out. They don't have a medical prescription or a state registered card for it. They're just using it on their own time, Mm -hmm. um, which we know because of other state changes. um, Some states are allowing people to personally have plants at their home or have Mm -hmm. deregulated um, the penalties and fines associated with um, possession. So, you know, that's a whole different side of things. Now, recreational, very generally speaking, would not necessarily have the same job protection that medical would, because remember, medical is tied to ADA. Um, However, some of these uh, regulations are also, California in particular, changing their regulations to also provide protections for recreation or off the job use, regardless of whether it's medical. So again, this is why it's so important to always check your state regulations and to understand what really does this mean for me as a business owner? Right. Yeah. It gets tricky depending on, on where you live. So Going off that, could you walk us through a scenario? Let's say I have a tire dealership in California where marijuana is legal. Um, if one of my employees came into work high, what what are my options? What can I do? Yeah, yeah. So interestingly enough, Madison, um, California back in 1986 um, made medical marijuana legal. Okay. Right? 1996. Mm-hmm. Think wow. about that. Yeah. Seems like forever ago, right? Right. Um, and then they uh, legalized recreational marijuana in 2016, which doesn't seem that far ago. Right. <laughs> but um, neither one of those particular laws back in 1996 or, or 2016 really address what employers do um, in terms of employment or employment protections for marijuana use. Uh, there was a California Supreme Court that ruled back in 2008 that if we have medical marijuana users, obviously we have to accommodate under both California law um, as well as federal American disability act. Um, mm-hmm. However, California has passed; it has not become effective yet. But beginning in 2024, 
Uh, employers in California will have to accommodate workers who engage in off-duty use of marijuana, regardless of whether it is for medical purposes. Now, without getting too far into the weeds on that particular law change, mm-hmm. let's just talk about the crux of the testing, because okay. that's really what this regulation is is fleshing out. Thanks to its R&D efforts, BKT is committed to helping customers succeed by offering high-quality, top-performance, and reliable tires that can handle any job in more than 160 countries worldwide. So we know that when we send an employee for pre-employment drug screens and or post-accident or even random, right? Mm -hmm. Historically, those marrow, those urine or hair follicle test, they're only looking at whether THC is in your system. Mm -hmm. It's either a positive or a negative. It doesn't really tell you what the level is. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't tell you how recent was the use. Um, And so the California reg in particular fleshed that out. So they're saying, look, if you're using a a drug test that is only looking at the metabolically active rates mm-hmm. versus the psychoactive rates, um, you can't use that as, as a discriminatory practice or to take adverse action towards uh, an applicant or current employee. Okay. okay. So this is where it really gets very specific. What right. type of you know drug test are we using? And the hard part is, is a lot of these laboratories have not implemented changes to their tests. Now, we are seeing a lot of labs revise their testing to look more at the active molecules in the system at the time, which would tell us, look, was this two weeks ago or was this last night or this morning before you did it? Okay. Um, So that's really where, you know, people are need to challenge um, am I doing saliva or oral tests? But most employers are doing the urine test. Right. Well, in California, the urine test isn't necessarily going to allow you to utilize the data or make a decision based on positive or negative, right? Right. So when somebody shows up that, you know, this is going to kind of go back to OSHA, whether it's in California or any other state, mm-hmm. um, OSHA requires if we believe that there to be somebody under the influence, Mm -hmm. there needs to be a two person independent observation of behavior. Okay. So this is, again, goes back to education of your, your management team. Mm -hmm. Do they know what to look for? Um, Is it erratic behavior? Is it bloodshot eyes? Is Is it slurring of speech? Is it cognitive inability? Right. You know, you have to have two people independently observe questionable behavior to to trigger what we call a reasonable suspicion drug test. The other piece is your policy has to say, look, we engage in reasonable suspicion drug testing. Okay. What also happens is when we have somebody that we believe to be under the influence, you know, you got to take them and get them drug tested. You don't let them drive them, drive themselves. Right. Um, so trust me, I've, I've heard, I've gotten calls about that. Um, but you know, management needs to take them down, figure out what is the correct test to look at. If we're using this example in California, mm-hmm. you're going to want a saliva test, right? not a urine test. 
Um, so, and, and you've got to go to a place that offers that. Um, okay. So, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that we can immediately fire the person, that we can refuse to hire the person. It just means we have to take a step back, look at what the results are. Mm -hmm. um, and the type of testing that we're using and make sure that we're not engaging in any sort of discriminatory practice, particularly okay. if it's recreational use. Yep. Okay. Okay. And so countering that, would the same thing be true if let's say the dealership was in Ohio and uh, I suspected one of my workers came in high, would it be the same kind of ordeal, but would they just get a urine test instead of um, a saliva test? Cause it's illegal here. <clears throat> yes. So okay. interestingly enough, Ohio, um, back in 2016, legalized medical marijuana. It has mm -hmm. not legalized recreational marijuana. Right. So um, an Ohio law doesn't specify, you know, the type of test or whether it's metabolic or psycho psycho um, uh, antibodies. Um, so there's a little bit more wiggle room there in Ohio, but it's a great question. So mm -hmm. Let's say we have an employee in Ohio um, that we believe to be under the influence. Yes, the same two-person independent observation would need to be made, but okay. then we can send them for the test. If they're taking a urine test, that's fine. Um, mm -hmm. But what we do is let's let's assume it pops positive. Mm -hmm. Okay, Then we have to look at, does this person have a medical prescription for it? If they do... Um, they're going to have to present that to the medical review officer, the MRO. That's generally at the testing facility. That okay. MRO is going to look at what the prescription is, how often are they supposed to be using it, what amount, et cetera. And then they're going to look at the sample and determine, is this legitimate? Now, that information obviously is going to be communicated back to the employer. So mm. the employer can't just blanket say, oh, you tested positive, you're out. Right. Um, unless it's somebody that can't produce a medical card. If it's okay. somebody that can't produce a medical card, you comply with your drug-free workplace policy and we can move for disciplinary action up to and including termination. Okay. However, if it is somebody that has a medical card, we have to look at Americans with Disabilities Act as amended and review the position, review, um, you know, is, is this a protected disability? How can we possibly accommodate it? However, that still does not give them the right to be under the influence at work. Right. Okay. Right. So, you know, your policy can certainly be written in most states. Um, obviously, there are exceptions mm -hmm. <laughs> to that, but your policy can be written to prohibit, you know, use during work hours, um, showing up under the influence, mm -hmm. um, safety sensitive positions. Now, I mean, you have to remember that a lot of these state laws, too, are going to exempt certain. Um, I don't want to say exempt, but there are going to be people that don't necessarily always have to comply with the medicinal marijuana. So case okay. in point, DOT, Department of Transportation Driver, mm -hmm. um, they're held to a federal standard for DOT compliance, right? Mm -hmm. So um, if I have a DOT driver who is subjected to pre-employment drug screens or reasonable drug screens plus um you know, uh, the, the required physical, um, mm -hmm. federal, because it's federal requirement, um, that is going to basically allow me to say, oh, well, you're a DOT driver. We, we can't allow you to, you know, 
recreationally used okay. in California, so to speak. And there are, mm-hmm. so California in particular has, you know, fleshed out certain safety sensitive positions that aren't allowed recreational use. Okay. And other states do as well. So, you know, again, it doesn't necessarily tie our hands completely if they are covered under ADA, but it's one of those things where you need to pause assess, consult the experts in ADA, such as SESCO or your employment mm-hmm. attorney or any other um, good employment consulting firm, mm-hmm. and make sure that we are engaging in the reasonable accommodation process and that we've got solid documentation to avoid any sort of EEOC charge of discrimination or wrongful termination. Right, right. So it, it sounds like a lot of it is just really uh, dealers and owners needing to kind of get familiar with their state laws and everything like that. Um, but what resources does Sesco uh, provide for shop owners on this topic? Yeah, absolutely. So um, certain association members, whether it be TIA, ATI, ShopSex, um, have the ability to contact Sesco under mm-hmm. their association agreement for basic telephone and email consulting for questions about medical marijuana. Okay. Um, and then the other piece is we have the ability to help you write compliant handbook policies and procedures. We can um, also assist with training of both ownership and management, mm-hmm. uh, reviewing and updating handbook, those sorts of things. So we can certainly assist our listeners with um, compliance and education there. Okay. Okay. And where would you tell a tire dealer to start if they're wondering how to tackle this issue um, and how to just take on this, this big legislation? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think, again, you know, um, reaching out to the experts, getting mm-hmm. educated there, um, looking at what we have versus what we don't have um, right. in policy and procedure, and then making a game plan to get the appropriate provisions in place. Okay. Um, I think that's the best place to start mm-hmm. uh, because what we, again, don't want to do is just assume that we're doing it right or, right. or not, you know, uh, a lot of our owners are incredibly um, educated and skilled and knowledgeable and running of the business, but you know, HR can be a tricky thing. Right. Um, and so we want to make sure that they, they know where their resources are and, um, and to reach out if, if they're unclear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jamie. That's really all the questions um, I had. Do you have anything else that you want to expand upon or add in? No, I don't think so. Um, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Uh, I'm hopeful that it's helpful to our listeners today and and we sincerely appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And if um, our dealers able to get in contact right with you, if they have any questions? They absolutely can, okay. um, or yeah. they're welcome to call into the main Sesco corporate number, and there will be um, consultants and employment attorneys available to um, assist them as well. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Jamie. I think this will be really helpful for our dealers, and I think they'll get a lot out of it. Great. Thanks, Madison. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Modern Tire Dealer Show. If you have any questions about what Jamie and I talked about today, feel free to email her at jamie at sescomgt.com. That's jamie, J-A-M-I-E, at sesco, S-E-S-C-O, 
mgt.com. Thanks, and we'll talk again soon. Whether you're working on a farm, a construction site, or in the OTR industry, BKT has a tire for you.